Hello and welcome back to the Crazy Sexy Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Julian. Today's guest is Kathy Julian, also known as my mom. I have my whole life have been really inspired by her work ethic and she's always been what I've known as a career woman. And so today's episode is going to be centered on her experience on building herself up in she is in the business and marketing and consulting field right now, Um, but she's dabbled in all sides of business throughout her career. And so I just thought her story in particular was really interesting and insightful. So here's my mama, Kathy Julian. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. This is pretty exciting, right? How often do you get to be on a podcast with your daughter? So thanks for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Um, so for my audience, can we get a little bit about you and your background and how you think you got to where you are now and what, what that looks like for you? Yeah, I think I've had a pretty interesting career path. Um, like you, I graduated from USC, um, where I met your dad. Um, and what I didn't know is I did know he was pre-med, but he decided he wanted to go to medical school and we ended up in Scotland for four years. So I did actually end up doing a graduate degree. I did an MBA um, that I'm not sure I would have done if I had stayed in the States. So pretty interesting move. We lived there for six years and then we moved back and I've spent most of my life and career in Arizona. Um, But I've worked mostly for California companies, including several big consulting firms. Yeah. Okay, and your job title right now is what exactly? So I am leading executive development, um, which includes leadership and coaching, uh, for a large national corporation. Okay, um, to my audience who might not know what that means in layman's terms, <laughs> what is what is coaching? So coaching, well, let me talk a little, if I can, for a second about, you know, executive development. My, in that role, it really is to determine the skills that are most senior leaders need, not just today, but into the future. As you know, the world's moving super fast and the skills you had yesterday are probably a little bit outdated and all you millennials and younger people are really keeping us on our toes, right? So we've got to advance people's skills. So we spend a lot of time looking at what do they really need to learn, what do they need to do differently, sort of the behaviors, and a big part of how you help them get there is coaching, right? Helping understand what's working, not working, and you know, help them have their own self-discovery around what they should do to improve to get better. I love that. I know you've worked with me before and had me take strengths assessments to find my strengths areas and obviously weaknesses too. But I know that there's a greater focus on your strengths. And I'm curious as to how that shows up in the workplace. Like what if you, as soon as you acknowledge and are aware of someone's strengths, where do you go from there? So that's a huge part. You know, you talked about sort of how, you know, I got to where I am today. I think that the Strengths Finder, which is for your listeners, it is, you know, Gallup Strength Finder. You can you can find it online. I think it's a $20 assessment just to get the top five strengths. But once you know that about yourself, well, first off, it's not very surprising. You normally go, oh yeah, I see that. 
But when you have that information for other people, um, you can help them to ensure that the jobs they're in, the projects they lead, the stuff they work on really is, is, is leveraging their strengths. And when people do that, they tend to be really successful, uh, regardless of your, your job or your position. Yeah, definitely. I think with feedback in general, it's, it's better to start with the positive and then be like, okay, then we can work on these little negative things that, you know, aren't as important as focusing on the strengths. I also wanted to go back a little bit because I know for a lot of young people, it's difficult to even know what you want to do for your career. Um, So I was curious as to what made you decide on USC, you were in the business school um, and you, you were studying marketing at the time. And I remember you telling me that those were the classes that really made you excited. Did, did you have like an inkling in high school or any time before that that led you to that? Or was it just You know, I, I think it's kind of chance. I think it's like most college students. You get in and I was pre-law when I started and I knew pretty quickly that I didn't think I wanted to do law. Um, but you, you kind of work through those first couple years of courses, and then you just get to dabble a little bit. And, and also, I would say I started taking marketing courses, and I was acing them, right? I, I, I loved them. I loved going to class. So I kind of knew that was, was my thing. It's funny that I'm really not doing that today. Um, but I did have an internship with Mattel Toys when I graduated from USC, and I was there, offered a full-time job, and then we moved to Scotland. So that's, that was a big shift in my life. So I may have stayed on the marketing course, but when I got to Scotland and I decided on an MBA, um, I started focusing on strategic management, so that's what my MBA is in. And I think I shared with you, you know, people don't even always know what strategy is, but it's kind of the, it's the business things that we put into place, like big goals in companies are typically the strategies. Um, but it's hard to get everybody involved, get their DNA on those strategies. And so sometimes people don't feel very connected to them. And then it's really hard to achieve the goals. So what I learned very early in my career when I came back from Scotland, and I actually worked for 10 years at the Dial Corporation in Phoenix, which was a very cool job. I just learned that it's people. You've got to help people get better and help them get engaged. And then you can really make great things happen. So that's how I kind of moved around into leadership development and coaching. Yeah. So talk to my audience a little bit about, so you've had so many different experiences in the business world. Um, I remember growing up and you started your own furniture store and that was an experience of its own. And then you pivoted to working for, um, and you, you pivoted and you landed into coaching and consulting. How, how, that how did that come to be? And w- I was asking you the other day, were there ever moments throughout your career where you were like, oh my God, this is not right for me. I got to try something else. Or did it, did it just happen organically? Yeah. What words of advice would you have for people that maybe feel stuck in a job that they have at a, at a big company or something like that. Yeah. 
Well, I wish there was a magical answer I could give you, which is that you always know when you're in the right place or the wrong place. I don't think it's that organic. I think you you have to, I mean, I'm really a big believer in, in literally getting out a piece of paper and looking at the pros and cons. When you make a decision to change careers or do different things, you have to gather all the facts that you have available and you, you kind of have to weigh it. And then I do believe once you get into something, you've always heard the grass is greener on the other side, which is not always true. You need to be very cognizant of that when you go into a new role or a new opportunity and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And so for me, you're right. I did do you know, many things. And in fact, consulting and coaching when I left Dial was the last thing I wanted to do. They wanted me to stay on and continue to work with them. And I was like, no, I'm going to go buy this furniture company. And I did all that. It is that experience owning a furniture company where I learned so much more about people, about business, how to run a P&L, you know, the money coming in and the money going out. I really learned how to run a business. And so even though if you would look at my career journey, it looks like an odd stop. But I was there for a reason, but I wasn't conscious of it at the time. So I, what I would tell your listeners is that you can't be too tough on yourself. Just know sometimes the choices you make and the, the steps that you take are there for there to be some learning, which is going to benefit you somewhere down the road. And you just got to lean into that. Yeah, I definitely think you've always been a person that can look at any situation as a, as a learning experience. And you've always been what I know as a positive person. Really, obviously, you light up every room that you're in. How has that served you in the workplace? And I know that plays a part into what you do now when you're working with um, executives. Yeah, I, I think you have to just show up. I think I use the phrase, have positive intent, right? you start your own day. There isn't anybody else that's getting me out of bed in the morning and getting me ready and getting me to work. So you've got two choices. You can either have a happy day or a not so happy day. And I just find I get up and I start on the right foot and I try and spread that, you know, through the day. And I think the people that I work with see that I do have this incredibly positive attitude. Um, so I am always about I'm super optimistic, right? Anything is possible. I have another mantra, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And I could bore you with other stories in my life where I really put that into, into practice. But it is up to you to get yourself into a happy place and to also assume that other people have positive intent. Because sometimes people can do stuff that just gets you sideways and we probably don't really know their story. We probably really don't know what's going on with them let's not assume that they were just trying to ruin our day, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when you start doing that, literally, I've been able to really help myself be happy um, and content in most of the jobs that I've had. Now, are they perfect? No. But some of that I felt like I had control over. I definitely think it takes a shift in perspective because in reality, most people want to su succeed at their jobs. And so if that's your boss or your boss's boss... Everyone wants to, you know, either please themselves or the the manager or boss above them. And so, especially in a work environment, it's like we all really mostly want to be successful and happy. And so I think it really sets a positive tone when you are that person. Because obviously when you come into a room with a positive 
uh, ambitious mindset, like that influences everyone else and really creates a positive culture. Oh, absolutely. And so I think the other thing that people would tell you about me is that I always say yes. I never say no. Now that you could say, well, maybe you should say no occasionally. Mm -hmm. But I, I, because of that optimism, I'm like, yes, we can do something here. And then sometimes I do have to say, okay, well, let's be, you know, if they want the world, I have to say, well, you know, maybe we can give you a, a small, uh, a small spot, a small location somewhere. But just having that can do, I'm in it with you. I want to help you. You know, it, it, it does rub off on people. Definitely. Yeah. I love I love the statement yes and that yeah. is obviously used in improv as an actor but even with my restaurant job that I have right now the company is based in hospitality and always saying yes to our guests as much as we possibly can because it's it's in most circumstances you can say yes to things and and it really is it forces you to shift your, your mindset too, to being like, okay, yes. And then I'm going to figure out how can I make this thing possible? Which, which actually leads me into my next question. Um, you've always inspired me with your ability to set goals. And I know we've talked about smart goals. We've, we've worked on goal setting together, um, as a team. How would you recommend my audience begins that process? So I think this is a great conversation because you were talking about earlier, like, what do you do if people aren't sure if they're on the right career path? The, the most critical thing that you have to look back on is the goals that you set for yourselves. And, and, and really, like for you and I, it was not just saying them out loud. We were literally writing them on flip chart paper around the room, right? And then we typed those up and, and you, you had a written record of the goals you had set for yourself. So the first thing I would say um, for your listeners is just you do have to have a goal. And if you don't have a goal or you can't think of a goal, then you have to sit down. And I, this is where coaching really comes in great because coaches have got lots of great questions. You know, uh, you can look at people's strengths. What do you like doing? What do you not like doing? Right. You can help someone come up with some ideas to consider. <clears throat> in coaching, you don't tell people what to do, but you ask questions to get them to bring their own thoughts out. Um, but goal setting for me can be, it can be a number. Some, some people go right to, well, I wanna make so much money or I wanna have a big house or something like that. For a lot of people, it's far less tangible. Like. I really want to be happy or I want to have a family and kids and I want everybody to, you know, really be in a good place. But you do have to literally stop what you're doing and you have to spend some quiet time and you have to really visualize what does that look like and get very as concrete about it as you can. Because it's only then that you can back up to today mm -hmm. and look at the milestones that are going to get you there. Yeah, I know we we talked about you were working with someone and their goal was to in five years achieve a million dollars. So and then you would say, okay, let's go back. What does three years from now look like? What does one year from now look like? And kind of work backwards, which I I really like that yeah. that concept. And I know you started working with a coach yourself, so I'd love to hear more about that and kind of what inspired that process of yeah so I mean where that got started is I think you know 
they always say the cobbler's children have no shoes, right? So you, if, if you really are a good coach, then you know the value of coaching. You need to also be willing to be coached. And it was, so I was actually taking some coach training, some excellent coach training that was uh, funded through my organization because you got to keep your skills sharp, as I discussed. And I, I met this woman and she was really new to coaching. I was more experienced. But we decided at the very end of the program that we'd like to continue to work with each other and continue coaching. And I just, you know, it, it's not surprising to me, but just that setting those goals and then I talk to her every two weeks and every two weeks I commit to what is the next step on each of my three goal areas. And there is no right number of goals for people. It just depends. In my case, I had three areas. You know, one was new learning in my workplace. One was to get a home in Lake Arrowhead, which is where we are today. Um, Congratulations. And, and, and have an offer accepted. So we're very excited about that. And then the last one was really just my external like career progress, make sure I'm moving. And so every two weeks I would, I would tell her what specifically I was going to have accomplished. So it's not just, I'm going to work on this. It was like, I'm going to have X done. So just to share, um, one of my goals was because I grew up in California, I grew up on Lake Arrowhead. It was just a dream of mine to not spend every day in really hot Arizona was to get back and to be able to buy a cabin. Well, in my goals, my goal was set to buy that by December 31st of 2022. And it is, I don't know, September 1st of 2021, and we put in an offer, and the offer was accepted. So the point of sharing that is that when you have your goals in writing and they're written in a smart format that you talk about, mm -hmm. they come true, they happen faster. Mm -hmm. because you're conscious of them and you're you're accountable to the person that's coaching you it's been it's been great I I bet it has because that is such an exciting goal to see become reality and I think a part of coaching is forcing yourself to believe in yourself enough that you can reach these really big goals and I recently started working with a coach and just in a few sessions, one, I've already seen a huge mind, mindset shift. I think there does need to be like a, a mindset of abundance and growth. And, oh, yes, I, going back to the yes and, like, yes, I can achieve that. And actually, I can do that in a year instead of two years or whatever it may be. And so I came up with a goal with my coach and she was like, oh, how, how would you feel about accomplishing that goal in six months? And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. A little scary, but amazing. And I think there is obviously that accountability there, but I think we are also motivated and driven by like, oh, wait, that could actually happen for me. Like my dreams can actually come true if I put in the work. And I think that's where the coaching comes in is because they always say dreams without action are just dreams. Yeah. And I think that's, what is really central to coaching. And I'm so excited to be starting working with a coach because I've already seen like so many transformations um, internally and externally. And so it's really, really amazing to, to see that happen. Well, and I love that she already brought you, you started out in a year and then she said, well, what about six months? Cause that's another thing a coach can do. A good coach gets to know you first. They know your strengths. They know what you're trying to do, but they know when to challenge you. 
they know when to push you a little bit. And sometimes it's, it's not that it's stuff that you couldn't do yourself, but we don't naturally push ourselves to deadlines if, if we don't have to. And so just by her doing that, she shortened the time frame. And I pretty much guarantee you in your continued work with her, you're going to do what's needed because you're not going to want to show up on a call with her, not having done what you promised to do, because mm -hmm. that's what you need to do for your career, right? You're mm -hmm. going to do it and you're going to get there in six months, if not sooner. Exactly. I love that so much. And it's so true. I know we were talking about how deadlines are what motivate us a lot of the time. Yeah. Even if those dreams or goals or whatever it is don't come true, because sometimes there's things that aren't in our control. We just had a global pandemic, so things are a little bit rocky sometimes, yeah. but you're going to be a, a heck of a lot closer to reaching that goal than you would be if you didn't set that time period. So I really, really love that. And I also was wondering what you think about motivation in general as a concept, because I know a lot of people can say that they struggle with motivation. And I know you and I have both always kind of been like, very self-motivated and, and self-aware and knowing where, okay, I want to improve in this area. So I'm going to work on that. I'm going to hire a coach because something's not working here and I want it, I want it to work. So I would love yeah. to know what you think about motivation and what tips you have in that department. That is a really, really good question because I do think as, as a coach, when you're working with someone, remember we talked earlier about maybe someone doesn't have a goal or isn't really motivated it's, it's not possible for the coach to do the work that we call them coachees, that the, that the coachee would do, the person that's being coached. So that motivation has to come from within. I can't give you motivation. You can't give me motivation. It really is internally generated. So, you know, it may be that the coach would need to really stop and say, even before we set goals, we need to, you know, kind of peel back the onion and really look at you, better understand you know, what is important to you? What do you value in your life? But so motivation, once again, um, you, you've got to kind of find it within yourself. But if you don't have it, there are ways. And I do think working with, with a coach can really, really help. Um, and I think I shared with you yesterday when we were talking briefly about this. It is that mindset, um, that, that attitude, that power of positive thinking. If you don't have that it's impossible to get motivated to change your behaviors, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's first the head. Like if I wanted, you know, if I wanted to lose weight, you know, I would have to really believe that I was really committed to that, right? And then you can start taking the actions. So I think if someone's stuck and they don't have the right attitude, they need to work on that first before they get super aggressive about the goals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about, um, how it's, a, it's that attitude and mindset, but with that behavior as a combination, that's going to come up with results. Well, and sometimes you might have actions like on with working with your coach, you might have some things that you commit to and you might try it and it doesn't get you where you thought it would. So that's why we like to measure outcomes, which is like a deliverable, right? So I said I was going to finish my journal, right? Um, and so by a certain date, mm -hmm. um, that's where smart goals come in. So specific, measurable, attainable. So you don't want to be crazy, um, realistic and time bound. It's got to have a due date, right? So I think all of those things are, are really, really key in there too. So when you're working with 
the executives that you're coaching? Is it always smart goals? Because I know a lot of it is regarding like emotional intelligence uh-huh. and communication within the workplace. So how do you measure things like that? If the goal is maybe a mindset or communication error? Yeah. So that that's a really good question. So we in big corporations and even in my coaching in the entertainment industry, I tend to use some assessments like StrengthsFinder, but I have some others that I use as well. One of them is called a 360 and it's just where you actually get feedback from a selected group of people that surround and work with the executive that you're going to be coaching. So I tend to have some data when I go into that first coaching session with them. And it's not just their self-assessment, which they do do as well, but I know kind of more broadly what other people think about them from a leadership perspective. The hardest part sometimes is if there are emotional intelligence or communication challenges, sometimes people just aren't aware of that and they they just don't see it for themselves. So a big part of the coach's job is to start with awareness. That here's the data, this is what we're learning, what do you think? And of course you do have some people that go, well that is not true. I am absolutely better than that, you know. <laughs> so people can be in denial. But the more you talk with them and you ask for examples, it's funny how they go, oh yeah, maybe I do do that, right? Mm -hmm. So once they've gone through that sort of debrief, that real awareness creation, and they get comfortable with the coach, people will open up and say, you know what? I need to work on that. I need to fix that. You got to get them there because for the motivation conversation we just had, I can't motivate them to go fix their emotional intelligence until they want to do it. So it's a process and coaching doesn't happen overnight. I think you know that too. Um, We typically with executives would coach for six months or longer, a couple times a month, depend, you wanna give them time to do some work in between. Um, You know, but you gotta start there. You gotta get the awareness and then eventually they get desire and if they don't, then maybe coaching is not the right, right option for them. That's really, really interesting. I want to pivot a little bit. I Obviously, you're my mom, and my whole life, I've really seen you as a career-driven woman. And as an adult, I can truly appreciate that now because, you know, I am obsessed with my own career, and that's something I hugely value and just love about me as a person. And, and, and looking at you now, I'm like, I love that quality about you, I, and I think it's really admirable. But were there ever doubts like in throughout the years of you having an, a very successful career or did you just not look back? How, what was going through your mind at, at these times in your life, like in your early 30s that you're having amazing success already? Well, I, you know, first off, thank you. And I, just even the kind words that you just said, because I, I, that means a lot to me because it was tough when you were growing up in particular. I don't think your brother was so worried that I was traveling a lot on business, but you just wanted your mom to be at home. And um, that is the hardest thing you do. And I, I always told you I am a much better mom because I, I have my career. And, you know, I think you just have to really be open to that's not the case for everybody. And it didn't mean that I loved you any less or your brother. It's just, it was really the way I was able to contribute my value to the world. Um, So, 
but it is challenging, I think, as a, you know, a, a working mother. You do worry, like, can you really do all of these things? I just tried to always be present in the moment and do the best I could when I was there um, for you kids and for my career and, of course, for my wonderful husband, your dad. Um, you know what I mean? You, you just... It, it's tough. It, it really can be very tough, but you got to be true to yourself because I wouldn't be a very good mom if I wasn't happy, whether mm -hmm. that's staying at home or working, whatever that is. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, there's been no permanent damage. <laughs> Definitely not. Do you think you have a pretty good work-life balance now or... Or how do you feel about that? No, not really. That's a that is a great question. I mean, I'm a I can really talk to other people about work life balance. I think for me, it's a little bit harder because, and maybe it comes from some of that positive attitude and just my outlook on life. But I love my work. I love it. So it's kind of what I want to do in my free time. I mean, if I could sit, you know, all day on a Sunday afternoon and watch a Netflix show, or I could work on some project for, for work or something, I tend to really like, um, you know, some of the work stuff. So I think that's good. But that was also one of the reasons for getting serious about the Lake Arrowhead home. I really do want to, you know, spend more time with, with my family. And that's just really important. And so I'm going to work on that work-life balance. <laughs> Got a ways to go. <laughs> what words of advice or wisdom do you have for people that are just starting out in their careers and maybe do feel doubt or hesitation in their career path? I mean, number one, have confidence in yourself. Absolutely. It, it all starts from within. If you believe it, you can achieve it. You can do anything you set your mind to. Now, the key words there are set your mind to because you've got to get the mindset that we talked about and then you got to do stuff and it doesn't just happen. I mean, there are some actresses, right, that maybe didn't go to acting school like like uh, drama school like you did, go for an audition and maybe they, they get a part. That is the exception, not the rule. So you do have to do the work, but believe in yourself because I think without that, it's a barrier. I think, I think it's really tough. And if you're really stuck, find someone that you can talk with. Find someone that can help you. And not everybody can afford a coach either, but you don't always need a coach sometimes. You just need somebody that will listen while you talk about where you are and where you want to go. I'm also curious when you are goal setting and when you're working on your goals, obviously you have a coach now, but you, you haven't always. So how do you hold yourself accountable or what... What do you do on a daily basis that keeps you on track for these goals? Well, so a lot of my goals are related to what's going on in the workplace, right? And I do have a process to kind of stay on top of deadlines and due dates and things like that. Um, and I've always, at the end of every year, and I typically do an update, but I've got a big flip chart on my wall in the hallway which has all of the things that either I'm working on or the things that I'm working towards. Um, and it's pretty interesting because I can then go and say, okay, I, I really have accomplished this. You know, I just recently did, a bunch of us at work did um, an agile certification, which is really an IT, you know, process. It's a new way to manage projects that's much more flexible and fast and that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to get that certification. It had been up on my list, and then I can go and cross off some of the things I'm working on as they get accomplished. And then I also have the right-hand side, which is what am I working towards? 
And that's not all work stuff or career stuff, but I do have some pretty serious career goals. I've got more I want to do even in that respect. And then of course, you know, the personal and some of the other categories as well. Amazing. What are some resources that you would recommend to my audience, whether that's a book, um, a podcast, a TV show, what's, what's been on your listening or watching list lately? Oh gosh, there, there are just so many. And I'm, you know, as we're sitting here in relaxation mode over Labor Day, I'm like struggling to think of them. I, I do think there are a couple of self-assessments. You and I talked about Strengths Finder. Um, the other one is the DISC assessment, which is really a communication and behavioral assessment. Um, it's also not very expensive, and I think you can actually find a free version online. The reason I'm suggesting those is because I think a lot of your listeners may be saying, okay, I need to discover a little bit more about myself first. Um, I certainly could give you some other resources that you could link to your podcast that might be of interest to the audience, but it starts with them, right? So maybe you know having an opportunity to do one or both of those assessments and see what they learn about themselves. Um, and then I do also think that what's the goal? You know, that's my other favorite quote. What's the goal, right? Because without that, you're just doing stuff, right? And and you're probably not marching very quickly to that destination that you want. So, yeah. Okay. Last but not least, this podcast is called Crazy Sexy Healthy for a reason. Uh-huh. I'm curious as to what makes you feel not only crazy, sexy, or healthy, but feel empowered. Um, And that's my intention with those words. So what makes you feel empowered on a day-to-day basis? I think that is a very powerful question, actually. And I think, first and foremost, it's my family, which that probably might be surprising, but that is where I get my energy from. Um, You know, I have just the most wonderful husband in the world and kids. But I think because of COVID, we were able to practically live together um, for quite a while. And there's nothing that makes me feel happier and safer, if that's a word, than, than knowing I have an extraordinary family. I mean, we truly love each other. I had a mom that was my best friend. And so I've been really blessed. I, I think that that brings peace to me and it allows me to do the other things I want to do. If something happened to someone in my family, um, I don't know what I would do, right? Mm-hmm. So I, my empowerment comes from just the happiness and the love that I feel for my family. I know that sounds kind of corny, but that is the truth. No, I love that. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. And this has been an amazing time. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like my audience will resonate so much with what you shared today and I couldn't be more grateful for that. So thank you for coming on and bringing me with you to Lake Arrowhead. All right. We're going to keep doing that, right? Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find our hoodies and mugs at crazy-sexy-healthy.com. There's also blog posts up on there as well. And you can follow us on Instagram at crazy sexy healthy. Have an amazing week.